0: And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, the most insulting podcast in the business. Today we are joined by Nikos Mixis of, what is the new band called? Mosara. I, Mosara, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. I don't want to be wrong. Uh, of course, a lot of my listeners will know you from Twin Giant, which I got to say, I really fucking love Twin Giant. So how are you doing today? We'll start there.
1: How, how am I doing today? Yes. How are you doing? It's late in the evening, and um, I'm doing the, the whole day went fine, um, and I'm uh, yeah. The next step is dinner, and that's it. You know, it's my dinner was a hot dog. Day.
0: My dinner was a hot dog with Tabasco mustard and Tabasco ketchup.
1: Outstanding. Mine's gonna be fun. So uh,
0: on Sunday, I will be having steak made on my grill with Canadian seasoning that didn't come from Canada. So. That's going to be fun.
1: So how does that work if it's Canadian seasoning that doesn't come from Canada? Did I don't ask asked-
0: questions. I, I just gave him 12 bucks.
1: Yeah. Did you ask Curtis about that?
0: No. Curtis is like the worst Canadian I know.
1: He is kind of, I, yeah, sometimes other than his accent, I don't believe he's Canadian. I think he's more American.
0: I asked him once, you know, because he, he talks about how much he loves America. I'm like, why don't you move here? He's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving up all my perks.
1: Perts, what the fuck? what's what perts? It's fucking cold,
0: it's not that cold in Toronto. Well, okay, in fairness, yeah, bull,
1: well, okay, let's, let's point, out, <laughs> yeah, that's let's the, point pump out your brakes there, you know, it's, yeah, it's relative. they're
0: pumped, they're pumped, they're pumped. Uh, Nikos lives in Arizona, which is my favorite zone in that area. I
1: don't
0: in know. the arid lands uh, now, for me, because I I have gotten into this ridiculous habit of checking Canadian cities in the winter to see how cold they are versus how cold it is here, and where Curtis lives is normally not much colder than it is here.
1: Yeah, but you're Midwest, you know, and I guess in, so. I mean, I mean, you guys get snow, and you guys get from close to zero, below zero, and uh, yeah, I, I know nothing about that. I mean, other than visiting places that are cold, but yeah, on a year basis, nah.
0: I live in St. Louis City, as everybody who's ever paid, spent any time with me at all will know. Because I'm going to mention it. It's like being vegan, doing CrossFit, or buying records. You're going to you're going to mention it. But do you do you know how the coldest we get here is about negative thirty Fahrenheit?
1: Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking cold.
0: That's no, that's the absolute like super mega coldest.
1: Now, okay. I've been to Minnesota during the dead of winter, but where I've been.
0: Hang on, hang on, before we get to Minnesota, guess how hot it gets here.
1: I'm gonna guess, so the hottest you get is like 90 degrees with 100% humidity, which is- No. No? No. It doesn't get up that high?
0: You're off by about 30.
1: So you're saying?
0: 115.
1: 115 degrees? Yes. Are you saying with humidity or without? No, now, I don't believe that in a second. I'm going to look that shit up when I get off with you.
0: Bullshit. Okay, hear me out. So you brought up Minnesota, so I'm going to bring it up. So I'm in Minnesota. It was 2012. We were going to a St. Saint Paul Saints game where I purchased my St. Saint Paul Saints hat, which when you came to town as Twin Giant, I was probably wearing because I hadn't ruined it yet. It's ruined now. I don't wear it anymore. So I'm at the Mall of America, as you do when you're from the Midwest and you're in Minnesota. And I was asking my my host I'm like okay so how hot is it supposed to be at first pitch and it was like a extraordinarily hot summer in Minnesota and it was like being in a southern movie like a southern courtroom drama from the 30s where everybody's like got fans everywhere and he's like oh it's going to be about 98 I'm like oh 98 that's not bad <laughs> and the lady in the store we were in the we were in the M&M store I Don't know why I remember that besides the fact that M&Ms are delicious. And she says 98. And I'm like, yeah, it's 115 at home right now.
1: 115. I don't believe that. I just don't believe it.
0: Why? Okay. If you go 30 miles north of here, it's cold. If you go 30 miles south of here, you can grow cotton. Okay. We are literally in the middle. If there was a, a... Maybe if there was an imaginary line across the country, like a latitudinal that goes east to west, but they do it north and southish. If there was one of those imaginary lines, we'd be right in the middle, so we get the hot and we get the cold.
1: I can see like swings. I can see like a hundred. Actually, I have a good friend that lives. You know what? Bullshit. So okay, I'll talk to my buddy that used to live here forever and that also lives in St. Louis. I'll go, dude. Has it ever hit a okay.
0: okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. I know who you're talking about.
1: No, no, no. it's not them. It's okay. another friend. It's an old school friend of mine. Like when did he move past. out of here? The what?
0: When did he move from here?
1: Fuck, I think he's been there at least 20 years now. No, he's here now. Yeah, he lives there. He's a teacher there. Uh, okay, I misunderstood.
0: That's why I thought we were talking about Steve. No, 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 okay. no, no. In fairness, fairness. No, it's seriously. Now, it doesn't get 115 every day. I get that. That is our top out. But we will have a two-week snap every July to August of 105 to 110 every year.
1: And with, like, what, 80% humidity, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, that's brutal. Because I've I've been in the south for the southeast. I lived in New Orleans. I've been in Georgia for a year during the summer. And, yeah, like, I know how hot that can get. So, I I know what probably you're going through in those stretches. And I would prefer to be here because it is like, I I can't handle that, but I can handle this when it's that temperature.
0: I get that. And for the record, the reason why we stay here is because housing is cheap.
1: Yeah, that's a fair, yeah, that's a fair reason for sure. I mean, that's why people also come to Arizona because housing is, well, it used to be cheap. It's going up now, but it it was really cheap.
0: Where I would love to live in my heart of hearts is San Francisco. My house in San Francisco would be $2.5 million. (laughs) So, and now, I I don't know if you can tell, but we're in my second living room. That's kind of how much space we have. Okay. Uh, Whenever I get really bored, I look up uh, real estate ads in San Francisco. And then when I get to the point of, wow, well, you know, 700,000, that's not too bad.
1: Well, you know... That's when I the, close the window. The property value is going to continue to go down because people are still leaving there in droves. And that's a fact.
0: You know what? That would be good because there are too many people
1: there. Yeah, well, it, they, you, know, you, can't, you can't maintain those type of property values forever. It's just impossible. And, with, no, and then with the taxes and everything else there and with everything else going on in the world, like they're all leaving there in droves. Like The people have had it with that state.
0: You know, and like I said- you know, when you have one sixth of the population in one state, that's a bad thing. Yeah. If they're migrating out, that's a better thing.
1: Yeah, they're going to Texas and Florida right now.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But we probably think it for different reasons. But that's cool. Yeah. Moving on, before we get uh, too ridiculous here, <laughs> tell me about tell me about Masara because uh, obviously I have not heard it because the press kit's not out yet.
1: So, what you want to know? You want the like the crib notes version? You want the full story? Because there, Masara actually started in two thousand five. That's the original band, and it was the, the the lead guy Tony, which is the other guitarist from Twin Giant. Okay, he was the one that founded it.
0: He's the one that sold me my copy of Devil Down. Okay, I went out, when you were here. I went up and I bought it from him. So, just going to throw that out there.
1: So Masara was around for about two, three years. They made, I think, a demo. They, there's some YouTube video of them. If you, if you dig further enough, you can see what they used to sound like. This version of Masara is different. It's way more progressive, I guess. If, if I had to choose a term, it's, it's, it's not as dooming, I think. It's like morose, but it's got more of a progressive. It's still dark, but so gotcha. that's the original Masara. And then he went on to do Inerva and then Twin Giant. So when Twin Giant disbanded, we were just kind of bored. And I think after a month, I go, like, we just, we touched on, we used to joke about, like, so would you ever think about standing up Mosara again? Because I liked it. I liked the music a lot. And he goes, ah, maybe, you know. So about a month, you know, after Twin Giant was done and I was sitting around just like Picking my nose and picking my ass, figuring out what am I gonna do? I feel already, I feel lame, you know. I feel like I need to join a band again. And then I just texted him oh, like so uh remember that idea I told you about myself, <laughs> like standing up. So what do you think? And he goes, Yeah, let's do it. So and it kind of left it that. And I swear it was like within a week, we get an email from uh, the current drummer, John, and or Daniel Garcia, he goes by a couple names. So, so Dan, Daniel fucking emails, like I didn't know this guy from Dick. So he just he emails Twin Giant, he goes, hey man, you looking for a new drummer? I go, well, Twin Giant's done, but I, I go, we, we have something brewing. We'll see if you're interested. So after a couple of jams with him we were in a trio, uh, he knew of a bass player at the time that was friends, our original bass player, Lucky. And Lucky stayed around for about six months. And then when Lucky couldn't continue with the band anymore, we got Chris, who was just moved here from San Diego, and he was in a, like a duban band, local dude band over there called Biera. So that's how it basically reformed. And that was, I mean, we're at this point we're like just two and a half years old. Gotcha. So we, we put out a demo um, in 2019, December, 2019, 2020 hit. We start playing shows. We started getting some steam growing into the early part of 2020. Then we know what happened. So at that point, you know, we made the decision like, well, we got a bunch of material. And we've been writing, so we, we continue to write and then we're like, well, fuck, nothing else has happened, so we're, we're going to record the album now. So we started at the end of last summer and here we are now, you know, on the precipice of you know, releasing our first album.
0: So how different would Masara be from
1: Twin Giant? Okay, so you know how Twin Giant was always labeled as stoner metal, stoner rock?
0: Yes, but I never saw it that way.
1: Exactly. Neither did I. I fucking hated that term more than anything you could ask for. And I, and even like, I, you know, Twin Giant was like labeled as a doom band. Like we weren't a doom band either, man. So anyways, if you take that apart and like I said, Mossar is heavier. It's definitely darker and it's definitely more, again, I hate to use this term progressive. There's a lot more notes to it than Twin Giant. It's not those like stoner rock, little riffs that you go in fours all the time like now this is definitely like there's some dissonance in Mosara. it's dark sounding and it has like you can hear a little bit of influence here by different bands and I'll let you decide when you hear what you hear I'm not going to go ahead and put anything in your brain right now but you'll hear it and you'll know
0: so um, just because I'm me I have to ask the question did you use that three pickup SG on this album
1: did I do what
0: did you Wow, that came out really badly. Did you use that three pickup SG you acquired?
1: SG you acquired.
0: S wasn't it wasn't it the three pickup SG?
1: Three oh, oh, okay. I see that guitar. Yes. No, you, I have had that guitar in years. I sold that oh. a long time ago.
0: Well, I didn't see that post and that depresses me. So now
1: I'm now I'm sad. <laughs> but I have cooler guitars now. I have way cooler guitars, I think. Do they
0: have three pickups?
1: dude i don't you know i don't think i'm rocking any with three pickups right now to tell you the truth i
0: spent way too much no 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 wait
1: wrong wrong i have an explorer no wait i have a destroyer an Ibanez destroyer that has three pickups the a la def leopard wow okay but i don't rock it in this band so
0: if there was anything i didn't expect to hear it would probably be the phrase Ibanez Destroyer today, but okay, you know, we did
1: that. It's it's beautiful. It's like a like this aqua blue, like dark aqua blue. And it, it's it's you know, obviously from like eighty seven, so it's it's got the eighties look and feel to it. But yeah, oh, it's, so
0: it, so it's not the Gibbs, it's it's post lawsuit.
1: It's the yeah, so the Ibanez Destroyer, it's not an explorer, it's the Ibanez Destroyer, which well in had, the
0: seventies they looked cause Ace Fraley had one. He had a he had an Ibanez destroyer that he used. Up until the Paul Lind Halloween special, when Gibson basically called him on the phone and said, no way, you use ours on the TV. <laughs> so, okay, so it's got the,
1: okay, cool. Yeah. It's yeah, got, so that's, that, that's post loss. I think that's the only guitar I have with three pickups right now.
0: Uh, I spent way too much time listening to Kiss and Loving Ace Fraley, and I know he didn't use three pickups. I know he just had three pickups.
1: nah uh-huh. So. Well, he had to have one that had like an explosion come out and flames and smoke. Yeah, Yeah. That was... only had
0: one guitar that did that.
1: Nah. He, come on. He had about three that did that in case one blew up.
0: He had one that did the smoke and one that did the rockets. There was probably...
1: I'm not the biggest Chiss fan of the world, so I'll give you if you, all your Chiss knowledge is there. You got it.
0: I mean, there was probably a backup, but... No, actually the black one, because the black one was made by... Uh... John Elder Robeson and he ta- He only made one. The, he's actually trying to I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's probably already been sold, but Ace was trying to sell it. Like the, the first one he made that had the real big light in it that could like blind you at the back of the arena. Yeah. Apparently it was sitting out of a case without strings in Ace's basement for about 20 years. Jeez. So now they're going to sell it for like 70, 80 grand
1: well you saw that kirk hammett's what one guitar the one he used in the video one that no. just auctioned you know like the Metallica. yeah I, I know
0: that, yeah that esp with the the stack singles
1: yeah so that guitar just auctioned i think less about a week ago actually and it sold for like two hundred fifty thousand.
0: that guitar
1: yeah that guitar
0: i would wager this is just me but i would wager that's probably the only time he ever held that guitar
1: <laughs> You're probably right, because uh, yeah. I saw him on that tour, and I remember him playing. To tell you the truth,
0: I've got I've seen I did not see that tour, but I've seen videos, and he didn't play that guitar.
1: I think he's also putting it for auction, or it already happened. I, I don't know what it sold for, but that Ouija board guitar that he plays from time to time,
0: like the original one.
1: I guess I don't know if it's original or not, but I know he that was going for auction too.
0: See now that one I could actually see going for two hundred and fifty yeah, thousand,
1: just because. A
0: well, yeah, it's a great guitar, and it's something that is closely associated to him.
1: But but something like me, like I'm Ouija crazy, so <laughs> so yeah, I'd be like that idiot that would spend all my re- you know my savings to get that guitar. You know,
0: you could probably get an LTD version for less than a
1: thousand. I'm sure, but to have his, you know, that would be well, quite yeah. the story.
0: I know. I, t- I totally get it. It's and it's probably well worn in and probably plays really well at this point because he used that guitar for about twenty years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a bad. I know he guitar. used it
0: in the the first couple times I saw them.
1: But I mean, yeah.
0: like, like I said, that guitar. I mean, if you saw that guitar, you would look at it and go, "Oh, Kirk Hammett."
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That thing's and it's got all the nicks on it and the and the the buckle rash on the back. Yeah, oh it's yeah, fucking badass.
0: But this guitar, this. I don't even know what color the guitar in the one video is because it's a black and white
1: video. I mean, it's got, it's probably a cream. I would have guessed like an aged cream.
0: I would have guessed sky blue. Yeah.
1: I I think it's, I think they said it, they they posted a picture when I I saw how much it sold for. So I'm pretty sure it's like a cream.
0: I'm sorry. I cannot imagine anybody spending... That's like when the guy bought Les Paul's Les Paul Custom from the book that Les Paul never
1: played. But you know, let let me go ahead and let's think about this. So Let's go roll back to when they released that video. That was a fucking huge moment in like any metal history. That was the heaviest band that debuted a video on MTV at that point. I remember I was with my best friend... We gathered at my house in front of my mother on the TV, like we were seeing like fucking Star Wars for the first time. Watch that, you know, the whole like six minute video or whatever it was, because it was the extended version, you know? Right. Uh, you know, like I said, so that that burns in everybody's head, like that's the guitar he played. So that's why it's so iconic. Cause it, I mean, not only it was the like I said, it, it's about the video, it's about making history. Metallica's first video, Metallica's on MTV, you know, there's a lot going on. So that's why it is so iconic.
0: I agree. I just don't think $250,000.
1: Well, you know there's some like hedge fund fucking guy that was like you know our age they sit there like, "Yeah, man, that's nothing. That's chump change." I'm you mean the owner it. of the Colts? <laughs> exactly. Somebody that like guy that.
0: bought that guy has bought he purchased Les Paul's the, the 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 Les Paul custom that Les Paul played on the Les Paul and Mary Show. He bought it. Fuck, that guy. I, I used to be big into uh, the Gibson under disgusting little underworld on the internet, and I had to get away from that because it made me want to spend too much money. But that that seriously, the owner of the Colts has a guitar collection in terms of value that probably rivals Joe Bonamassa's collection.
1: Yeah, like, even like what Rick Nelson from uh, Cheap Trick. Rick Nielsen, I mean, like yeah, he has Lesch five fifty nines. Yeah, man, I it's think it's fucking three insane. or five, something like that. And they all just sit in cases in some fucking building. Uh,
0: I would imagine. I don't think that the uh, the guy that owns the Colts is going to be going on tour, recording mm-hmm. a, a badass Doom record with this new Les Paul he's got. I, Although I guess yeah. it's not really new, but or even no. new to him at this point. I mean, this is old news. But like, I mean, you the, know, like
1: when you're making that much money, dude, this is nothing to them. You know. It's, it's chunk
0: change. Well, do you know, okay, uh, David Gilmore. Picture David Gilmore playing in, you know, five, six years ago, right? You see that black strap, and then you see that guitar strap, right? Uh-huh. You know, that's Jimi Hendrix's guitar strap.
1: Jesus.
0: <laughs> His wife, Polly, bought it for him. As a, I mean, that's like a, it was like a birthday present. Could you imagine just being able to buy one of Jimi Hendrix's personal effects and give it to someone? Oh yeah, here's Jimi Hendrix's guitar strap from fucking Woodstock. Oh man, you want his headband too? He could probably lick the acid out of it still.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure.
0: It's like I, I just like I don't know. I I can't even picture having that kind of money. I and mean, then what would you do with it once you got? Oh, well, I mean, David. Although David Gilmour did, you know, he gigged that strap. You gotta you gotta respect the crap out of that,
1: dude. You show your friends. You you brag about it a little bit. You know. I don't even know if it, like personally like I don't touch the fucking thing ever, you know? It just got, it goes on a case and displayed somewhere in the in the house.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something I can't do. If I buy something, I want to touch it, I want to play with it, I want to do things with it.
1: So, let me why think let me like, riddle cool. you this, dude. Let me riddle you this. Go ahead. So, if you get like like I collect some toys, you know, right. and I rarely take them out of the packaging, you know, I display them. So are you the type of person that opens it up and wants to fuck with it and the attachments or whatever?
0: Every bit of it.
1: Okay, fair.
0: My my wife for, for Valentine's Day this year got me uh, a Kiss Lego set. Presently, I can't find Eric Singer because the cats lost him.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: So, and it just hit me, the irony of Eric Singer, who dresses in Peter Chris's cat makeup, is the one the cat's knocked down and lost.
1: Outstanding.
0: Wow, that sucks. You yeah,
1: you couldn't um, plan that any better.
0: No, no, I couldn't. Uh, I bought uh, David Coverdale, and this is like probably the record I have mentioned most in my life that I've purchased. I bought a copy of Coverdale Page from Brazil a couple of years ago. I spent $100 on it, which I'm not, I, I don't collect vinyl. I buy vinyl to listen to.
1: I do the same with that too.
0: And I mean, I spend that. I bought a copy of Pink Floyd's Adam Hart Mother on the red Japanese super vinyl. I spend that whenever I want to listen to that kind of bad album, which isn't all that often. But when I do, that's what I listen to. I mean, yeah, if I, I don't buy toys unless I'm going to take them out. I mean, if you I don't know if you if you look at my Instagram or not, but when you do, you will see collectible Power Rangers toys out of the packages on gotcha.
1: Yeah, all my, like, toys I collect, they're, other than doubles, if I get a double, I immediately take it out, obviously.
0: I am, excuse me, I am vehemently against the idea of buying doubles, to hell with that, no.
1: No, I usually get them as gifts, because people will buy me something, and I already have it, right? Oh, they they think they jumped the gun, and it's like, I already have this, but I don't let them know that I already have it, right? But, you know, once they leave, I take it out of the package, I'm like, all right. <laughs>
0: Uh, my my ex wife gave me uh, carte blanche to take anything out of my father in law's house once they had moved out of it, and he had you know Star Wars collectibles, Star Trek collectibles, all that kind of stuff. I have like the Leonard the, the Spock that Sheldon had on uh, Big Bang Theory. I have one of those. I pulled it out of the box and wow. put it on my desk at work.
1: You, have you ever seen the Forty Year Old Virgin? The movie many times. Yeah, so you know I'm talking about like- I completely this, do. That no, guy's I just... have
0: friends that do that. And I look <laughs> yeah. at it, like for me, I don't consider myself to be a collector of anything at this point in time. I have gone like total Zen Buddhism on these things in my world, which is completely, you know, a lie. But because I still want things, I just want new things to use them. Like I used to collect video games. At one point in time, if I still had my video game collection that I had in 1999, 2000, between 99 and 2001, I could pay off my
1: house. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Then I, but in 2001, Final Fantasy 11 came out in Japan on the PlayStation 2. However, at that time, it cost $1,100 to purchase the Japanese PlayStation 2, the Japanese hard drive, and the video game. Uh, at that time, I was also making $300 a week. So the math does not add up. No. If you want to, then you got to pay. 15 bucks a month to play the stupid game too but i can look over on the shelf and see those games that are worth 200 bucks that i don't play because they suck they're just rare yeah so i traded them in and it was like baseball same with baseball cards and hockey cards and all that kind of stuff in my life where it stopped being about wanting to get that cool kick-ass willie mcgee rookie card and get that kirby Puckett rookie rookie because it's worth ten dollars so i that's me i I open up every package I have.
1: Well, yeah, more power to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just it, makes that it harder to that... pack
0: it when you move though.
1: Yeah, well, I, I get all those like plastic crates and I throw them in there and that's the way the only way they're protected. You know, that's the, how I move mine.
0: You know, it's it's different strokes for different folks. And for me, like my when I met my wife, she walks into the house and she's like, where's the decoration? I'm like, the what? I, I don't have anything for decoration. I don't have anything. I I, I don't. I, I, I if I don't get tactile, emotional, or actual pleasure from using something, I don't have it.
1: I uh, see. Like I've been told that I could actually, if I wanted a, a second career, I could go into like interior design. Everybody <laughs> fucking loves how. I do. I'm serious. I just got. I mean, I I got this queer. You know what is it queer? Uh, eye for the queer guy or whatever thing queer going on. Straight guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queer eye for the straight guy. I have that. I just I know how to decorate a home.
0: I don't. I don't know how to dress myself. That's why I wear black all the time.
1: Yeah, I th- most of us do that. It's just easy. Well, black T-shirt, black T-shirt, black
0: T-shirt. Yeah, I mean black T-shirt, and then if and then I have about twenty different pairs of Chuck Taylors at any given time in different colors. So if I don't wear a black T-shirt,
1: twenty like, pairs of Chuck Taylors. Yes. That's impressive.
0: Uh, I have problems, and I wear them all. So
1: I that's that's even more impressive, right there.
0: (laughs) At any given time, I'll have five different pairs of black ones.
1: Wow! So you don't wear out; you can just rotate through them.
0: Oh well. Then the problem is, is I, I I don't like tying shoes. So I had this great pair of black ones, black high tops, right? But they were they were puffy, and you didn't tie them; they were just slip on. They were slip on high tops. Gotcha. They look cool, they were comfortable. And when you're perpetually late waking up in the mornings and you can save five seconds by not tying them, they became the number one shoes. Now they're ruined and they're gone. I got add, but I've, but I've got, uh, I got two, I got three pairs of gray ones. Uh, let me think, I've got the custom pair that goes with my blues jerseys. I have a, I have a pair of Chuck Taylors that were purchased directly from the website designed by uh a friend of mine for me they are navy blue to match my blues jerseys with a yellow tongue and then they've got my online nickname on the heel because i was a tool
1: <laughs>
0: but i've had those actually for 15 years for i would buy oh, a man, different pair.
1: fucking smell dude <laughs>
0: no i don't wear them that much i only wear my blues jerseys
1: oh okay so i still want to stick my nose in there
0: I would not recommend it. I mean, that is the no. poor choices. You can make sure whatever choices you want. I would recommend against that one, but I would buy. all like I collect. Gay, I would collect. You know, purchase uh, game worn hockey jerseys. That was a thing I was into for a while. That's pretty cool. So every, but I, that's all I still wear because it's. it's even though I want, I, I want to buy some other ones. I keep thinking to myself, well, if I buy that Sunquist jersey, am I going to wear it?
1: Because this Did game I have,
0: one is cooler.
1: So I have, like, like a lot of people you probably know, I have, like, a closet, like, full of, like, just band shirts. Like, so I have, a, you know, it's just me in my house. So when I have, like, the full, my master bedroom, like, the full closet that goes a mile, right? And there's hangers, and they're all there. And like I said, I probably only rotate through about five shirts pretty much a week.
0: But see, my problem is I don't have enough band shirts because... I wear them out too quick. So I've only got, usually I've only got about 15 to 20 at a time.
1: Gotcha. So Dude, I, 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 I know at least I have a hundred in my closet.
0: I, well, at one point in time, I had 20 game worn hockey jerseys from several different leagues, including me up into, I think I've only got one. I think I've only got about five or six now, but each, what I was saying earlier was I would buy a pair of Chuck Taylors to match each one.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're the matchy matchy type, that makes a shit ton of sense. So
0: it's easy to match. see to me if I wear things that are the same color, I match. True. So if my shoes are the same color as the jersey, I match. Apparently, you can match colors that aren't the same, but I don't know how to do that.
1: I guess the ones that are kind of like in the same family of colors, you know, that's how people do it. I do yeah, You sometimes.
0: are way over my head on this one right
1: now. I do. Well, that's what I said like. Again, I told you what I told you. Like the straight eye for the queer eye, or whatever you know. I got that thing going on with colors too. I don't. I
0: I absolutely don't. I cannot match colors. I don't get it. I I don't see. Yeah, I don't get it. I respect people that do. Not. I'm not. I'm just saying I can't. Not that I don't. I mean, I get it. I you know this color and that color to go together and they're they're appealing. I can't do that. I can do blue and black go together and everything in black goes together and I probably shouldn't wear really white socks with my black chucks, black jeans, and black shirt.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: But, but I mean, it took me about 25 years to get to that point, so <laughs> uh, I'm probably not going to get any better. I, I, think, I, I think I've think i reached peak color
1: colors uh, at this point in time in my life. Yeah, like but I, I there were certain co- I, mean, I don't know about you there's certain colors like I avoid on me like the plague like I will never wear like probably yellow shirt probably never wear a orange shirt um,
0: I, have, certain, uh, certain I have a blue shirt but it's a hot dog joint shirt so it works out
1: and a lot of it has to do with skin color I'm, I'm really fair so Same. like there's not a lot that goes with fair skin nothing so, yeah
0: yeah I i remember somebody once told me you needed i needed to wear more bright colors so i'm like here how about this red dress shirt for work and as soon as i put it on i was told no you <laughs> look like you're dead now exactly so that's why that's one of the reasons why i wear a lot of white and black because it's it doesn't yeah, it goes well
1: with the with the fair skin for sure
0: i mean my my family's from scotland my mother's a redhead my cousin's a redhead my daughter's is a redhead I am a redhead in everything but
1: the hair color. Yeah. I like, like you said, it's, uh, yeah, if you're like super tan naturally, or you just super tan, like you can get away with all different, the whole rainbow, you can get away with it. But the you know less pigment you have in your skin, like you are screwed. You're, or oh, yes. you're going to look like a fucking clown. Like you said, if you wear a red dress shirt and you're fucking like us, you're going to look stupid.
0: And what it does oh, is, it, yeah. it, for me, it washes my face out. And I mean, I have been told uh, people used to call me powder. Um, one person said, I'm white, but you're translucent. <laughs> I was in the second time I was in Mexico, it was the last day before we came home. And my wife convinced me to take part in the soccer ball kicking competition. And the very attractive young lady who was running it looks at me and says, is this your first day in Mexico? Because <laughs> we always go in the winter and the off season when it's cheaper, right? You know, the smart play. And less kids, so you can be stupider without kids being around. And I, I look at her and I go, no, we're leaving tomorrow. And she says, how are you still this white? <laughs> what I should have said was, I know, Sunblock, maybe. <laughs> what I should have said was, it's not easy. Because to maintain the porcelain look, it, it's hard because it's to maintain like it
1: what? To yeah, maintain it?
0: I have actually like burned my
1: skin in oh places. I'm saying okay, you don't tan at all. you just burn you're like me yeah, but I have burned
0: my skin in certain places into into like a tan. So like if you look at my arm yeah yeah in the inside, oh. however, you know you got that.
1: Yeah, you can see like your red, you can see your blues. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've still got red. I, I've your got veins and arteries, like no arms in places. That's from seeing Black Sabbath in 1999 because that was before I wore Sunblock because I was an idiot. Nice. I was purple the next three days. That is not hyperbole. It was legitimately purple.
1: Yeah, no master reality there. You were the reality. <sighs> and it was also a really
0: terrible show.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Did you see Black Sabbath with Bill Ward?
1: Yeah, I, I saw him on um, Ozfest. I don't know what year it was, but it was 99. the one they were co-headlining with Maiden.
0: No, that that's not ninety nine. I don't know what that is. Uh, I saw I saw them with Bill Ward on the ninety nine Ozfest when it was still a touring show, not like when they when they were in Dallas and all that kind of stuff, where it was a singular thing. Yeah. And, the problem was Bill Ward at that point in time had not played drums in 17 years. So he did not have the stamina of a drummer who had been playing drums for those last 17 years. So there was like a three minute break between every song. And then, so he would rest and Ozzy would do like Ozzy Osbourne solo things and squirt the crowd with a squirt gun and
1: jump up and down and say, yeah, you We right? love you all. Go fucking crazy, blah, blah,
0: blah. Yeah, it, it's cool once. It's not cool after War Pigs, Master of Reality, Lord you know, Lord of This World. It, it, it got tired after every single song. And I remember thinking, well, I heard NIB. I heard War Pigs. I think I'm good. I think I can go home. And that was the first show I ever left early. Partly because it was terrible and partly because I was just miserable.
1: Man, he should have reached out to Mick Jagger's fucking, you know, what he does to fucking... Dude, have you ever seen The Stones, like, recently?
0: The last time I saw anything with The Stones live was in 95, and they sounded great oh. and could still bring it. However, they
1: did look like corpses. Dude, Jagger's a fucking beast, dude. He's He's more energetic than fucking Cannibal Corpse or something, you know? Like it's fucking crazy what that guy does at that show. He runs the whole fucking time. And then between every song, they bring him out fucking some tea. He has his fucking tea and he's talking to the crowd. I'm serious, he does. He'll have a, a cup of tea, he gets his throat all nice and warm. And then dude, it's like he's he's running off again like on the other side of the stage. Now, you know, Keith Richards looks like a fucking corpse up there.
0: That's who I thought looked like the corpse. I'm sorry, yeah. it, was not, it was not Mick Jagger, I apologize. I, re- I haven't seen this in a long time but I remember him like because it was, uh, was it Christmas and my family one of the people in my family had purchased a pay-per-view for the show bridge. it was the Bridges of Babylon tour and my uncle had purchased the pay-per-view because he didn't want to go and we were watching the pay-per-view and Keith Richards came out in this giant fur coat and it just looked like what and it was just you know him like not moving
1: but playing and smoking yeah. a cigarette and it was just yeah
0: dude
1: I, I thought he was going to keel over it I thought he was just going to tip over with the wind or something you know in the stadium but you know like i said i'm watching Jagger like i i don't know where, it's not drugs so i don't know where he's getting this energy from you know
0: you know how old is he now let's let's talk about that real quick 70s Well, I mean, the Stones came out in the 50s, if I'm not mistaken, or early 60s. Yeah, pushing
1: 80 for sure, right?
0: You know what? I I got Google on my phone. (laughs) There you go. Because my father in law actually uh, made it to 76 before he died. And he's not that much older than Ace Fraley, whom I've paid to see live in concert multiple times. Uh, Mick Jagger, born. July 26, 1943. So he is
1: six, uh,
0: 57 plus 77.
1: 77. 78.
0: 77. 78. So he's, t- he's turning, 70, turning 78 this summer. So he is a year older than my father in law was when he died. Although my father in law could sing pretty damn well for most of his life, in, you know, his whole life. But I wouldn't pay 150 bucks to go see him sing. And he definitely was not as active as Mick Jagger. So, I mean, it's it's truly amazing when you see some of these people still going.
1: Yeah, so like I say, Bill Ward should reach out to Jagger like, dude, what are you doing? Because this is amazing what you do.
0: And you know what? I will continue, like Roger Waters, I mean, I know there's some, and I'm never mind, I'm not going there. He goes on tour, so we'll go with that. Uh, that's, David Gilmore still sounds really good. And then you have Paul Stanley, who... Right. How you doing, everybody? Oh, you he, he sounded great. Hey, no. hey. In, 19, in 1995, he was a golden god. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're in 2021. And he has sounded... He sounds a lot like a muffler that has pantyhose on it. Dude, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> he just sounds like Mickey Mouse. He doesn't sound that good. He's he's not even... He's well, like heard, a raspy
1: one. I, I Last time I saw him, that's what he... Ryan, like like. I, Like, I I know it's supposed to be, like, comical, but this is, I'm laughing right now.
0: When's the last time you saw Paul Stanley?
1: Four years ago, I think. Four years ago.
0: In in 2008, or 2006, they released a live for the Symphonic concert, right? And if you listen back to that concert, you can start to hear a little bit of Kenny Rogers' grit on his (laughs) vocal cords, which he had never had before. So when you're talking about, you know, you heard him sounding like a raspy making mouse and it's supposed to be funny. No. He's because that that was the best he could do at that point in time. Listen, if you don't believe me, listen to Unplugged. Kiss is unplugged.
1: I'll listen to it, but like I said, I like I I don't know. Like I said, I it was I've only seen Kiss twice, and that was the second time.
0: Uh, and it he, was at a
1: festival. So
0: he sounds like he's singing through a tube that has a hole in it. Because it 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 just blows out. He he, he is completely. Blo- He's actually lip syncing on tours now.
1: I can you know I can really see that. And you know, like his voice sounded like trashed anyways when he was there. Like but like you said it. I like is that Mickey Mouse fucking screaming at the crowd? Like it's pretty insane.
0: Yeah, there, the theory is that's why he blew his voice Is because he screams like Mickey Mouse at the crowd rather than just talking. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's false. I know he sounds like crap. And he used to sound amazing. But anyway, let's talk about Masara for a minute again. When is the album coming out?
1: The digital right now is coming out May 28th. So, okay, sure.
0: so this will actually publish before that. So that's good. Cause I, I always do everything way in advance.
1: Okay, yeah, so May 28th is the digital. Right now we are in talks with the cassette label that wants to also push out the cassette at the same date, but we'll see what happens with that.
0: What is the turnaround on cassette pressing? Because I don't even know.
1: Don't know, but you know, we talked to the guy, the um, label owner, and he thinks that he can at least get the pre-order up, and if not, get really close to that date. Fair enough. Because it what was kind of like a last-minute thing. He saw. We played a show last um, on Tuesday, actually. We played a show on Tuesday, and he was there. So,
0: oh, cool. What? Okay, so what do you think about cassettes? Because I have talked to a lot of musicians, and I have not spoken to anybody who has said, I love cassettes. I have spoken to a lot of them who say, I don't get it, but they sell.
1: Okay, so if we're going to the current me, I'm gonna say, I like them. They're cool, they're different. But you know, if you you go to a teenage me, it's like, they are fucking awful. (laughs) They fucking, they sound muffled, the goddamn tapes fall, you know, they get snagged all the time, they break. So it depends on which person you're talking to. But right now, like, you know, Twin Giant, we put out a couple of things on cassette and it, they sound cool. I actually I have a you know, part of my stereo rig here at home has a dual cassette player and it was new. I got it as a gift, you know, a few years ago.
0: My my stereo is a 1971 receiver with a 1975 turntable with 1968 speakers. No, because there's no cassettes involved yeah like i I said they're not
1: for everybody but you know you got to think you know when they first started getting popular about 10 years ago when they started coming back again dude they were five bucks you know you could buy a cassette at any show if the band had for five bucks and you have something physical you know some of these kids don't didn't have money to go buy your lp for 20 bucks the cassette was five they're going to snag the cassette they got these players whatever you know like we saw it on tour twin giant we go to places and Depending on the type of bands that we played with, you know, if they were more like punk rock type stuff, guess what they were buying? They were fucking asking for the cassettes and the patches. Now, if we go to some other cities, they go, Where's your CD? You know, and then others are like, vinyl only. We which is what vinyl, you know? So it did it was different everywhere you went, you know. So you have to have
0: all I'm the last one, by the way.
1: Yeah, I know you are because because you you bugging like you're gonna put your album on vinyl, like dude. Vinyls expensive. I financed all the vinyl for Twin Giant, and that I still have vinyl left from that stuff. So I, I got, bought them. So they tell you, like I said, unless somebody wants to put us out on vinyl, it's going to be their money at this. No, point.
0: I, I I totally get that. I looked into a couple of years ago. I looked into helping a friend of mine press his record on vinyl, and I went, whoa.
1: Uh-huh. It is it is a whoa factor.
0: Yeah, a, a buddy of mine. A buddy of mine actually put out his album last year. I bought it I, again. You know, I, I uh, you know, I, 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 buy it. I, I don't know if you can see behind me there, but.
1: Yeah, I saw
0: it. Uh-huh. Uh, I started in 2015. I've got over 700 now. Cause I have a problem and you know, I, 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 buy it. I pay for it, but I, I get that. I can't be the one, you know, my buying one or two isn't going to finance the whole
1: run. And, oh, you know, like if you're. You got a hot album or your hot band, you know? Yeah, you can go through like two, three pressings, but you know, when you're starting out, it's it's hard to fucking break even on that shit.
0: You've got to be able to sell 300 albums at 30 bucks a pop to make. And we
1: wouldn't do that. I mean, the highest we we went ever is like 20 bucks, and we felt guilty for doing that.
0: Well, here's the thing, and maybe this will make you feel better. If you take the vinyl cost of a record in 1977. And put it in today's dollars, it's thirty-eight.
1: Sounds about right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because back in you know when in nineteen seventy-seven, or I think an album, a new album was five bucks. But I mean, I I get it because you can you can buy a thousand CDs for like a thousand bucks.
1: Yeah, a dollar CD. That's all they run. And then,
0: but the best price I saw on vinyl was like eight or nine dollars. But that's for to buy 300, 400, 500 at a time. Yeah. And when you're just getting off the ground, that's crazy.
1: Because there's a lot more to it, you know, because then you're paying for like, I mean, with Twin Giant, dude, we always did 180 grams. So, the, like, automatically, we, you know, our price per unit goes up for that. But we were like, we won't, we're not going to cheap it. We want it to sound as best as possible. So, we're going to go 180 grams. Every, oh, yeah. Anything we ever put out was 180. And, and then let, it, then let me like say a, the,
0: the two twin giant albums i have do sound great they, i have no, warm. no complaints about those at all
1: yeah they're, they're warm aren't they they have a nice warm feel to them they're they're nice weight everything they feel good on the turntable
0: definitely i seriously great pressings on those
1: yeah we we you know like i said you know we've always debated like well should we get some swirl or some color but then we were just adding cost upon cost and it's like it's oh, not yeah. worth it
0: I I talked to when I when I was looking into depressing my buddy's album, I, I looked in. I mean, I talked to everyone I know that deals in vinyl, and I I'm like, where do you go? How much does this cost? Where you know, everybody's sending me links, and I'm looking at it, going, oh son of a bitch! <laughs> it's like how oh, yeah. I, I couldn't see a way. I, I couldn't see a way of making it work where I wasn't spending. Yeah. A minimum of fifteen hundred dollars of my money to buy one copy of my buddy's album.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I mean, I get it. I, it it's it sucks. I get it. I hope my hope against hope is that things get cheaper. as, as vinyl gets more and more popular because it. Oh. I mean, it's changing. But
1: I think yeah. they have before. Like a lot of these, the bigger like vinyl co- companies out here. Like like for example, we went with a uh, Pirates Press. And Pirates Press, it wasn't pressing their own records. Their shit was coming from the Czech Republic. Mm. So everything was being made over there and then being shipped. So again, the ban eats the shipping and everything. like So and all, that, all that stuff drives up the cost per yeah. unit all the time. Well, there so well, actually, actually are heard,
0: pressing plants in America now.
1: There are now. There weren't so yeah. many. I think there was like one when we, we were doing it. But like I said, everybody was sending their shit overseas all the time.
0: Oh yeah. Every, everybody I talked to, there was a three to four month backup because there was at least 6 weeks in the water.
1: And dude, now, right now with this fucking new world and covid and Europe and how fucked it is, like you can't get anything from overseas within eight, within 6 months right now. It's so fucked up and so slow. I've been waiting on just records from bands for 6 months at this point. I got
0: lucky I bought a record from Sweden and I got it in a month.
1: Sweden's different, but if you go like okay. if you're going like more like central Europe, forget it, dude.
0: I don't buy anything out of central Europe. Uh, that was the first time I bought anything from Sweden, tell you the truth.
1: Yeah, Sweden's pretty good. I got something from Sweden not too long ago too. Oh, it was it was actually a record. It was something I got off Discogs and it came from Sweden. Yeah,
0: I bought I bought uh, the soundtrack of When the Wind Blows because side 2 was all Roger Waters. Okay. And I'm like 20 bucks out of Sweden? Okay, I'll pay that.
1: Yeah. And the the shipping's not too bad out of Sweden right now, but like fucking No, England? it was 20 bucks shipped. Oh fuck. That's a deal, dude. That's what I thought. It's like you got it for free. Basically. Usually it's like 20 bucks for the shipping alone from there.
0: Yeah, I, I had found a jet I had found a guy in uh, Tokyo that was that I was buying Japanese vinyl off of. The most I spent, not including the red one, I was 40 bucks shipped.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: And that's that's considering it costs 25 bucks to ship anything from Japan right now, I was pretty happy.
1: Yeah, even, like, even Canada is Canada's fucking between Canada and the United States I know. is even worse right now.
0: I, I remember, I forget who. Oh, it was uh, Vile Creature when Vile Creature put out their last album. Because um, they would have two pressings, they had two colors, and the color I wanted was in Canada. I bought the, but I bought the color that was in America because the shipping was 20 bucks less.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: And I'm like, it's coming from fucking Toronto. It's not. It's not coming from Nunavut. It's not coming from Yellowknife. It's not. I mean, Jack London didn't, you know, go through the wilderness to get this fucking thing. Why is it thirty bucks to ship this? That's my one Jack London reference to make. Yeah, I don't. Uh, to build a fire, I think that story was called. Ah, amazing balls. Sorry, moving on. So, uh, so the album is out next month. So you said May eighteenth,
1: twenty eighth.
0: I'm sorry, twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Made. Uh, when are the singles and videos going to come?
1: Um, that we're kind of waiting to see with the the label because you know if we at, we go to the label the p you know we'll do a PR release then and then like the the first video it's just a lyric video it's ready to go right now we're just waiting for to see how we're gonna drop everything as far as the PR campaign goes. So that's it.
0: What was it like actually writing and recording and pressing an album during the age of COVID?
1: So what we did was, Tony used to do recording with his bands before, and he was hell bent on recording our album. And we're like, okay, so we put our trust in you and we did. So we rented, we recorded the drums up in a cabin up in northern Arizona. We spent a weekend up there and over a weekend we did all the drums. And then the rest of the album we recorded here at my house, right here. Okay. Um, we recorded, we mixed it here, and then we just had it sent out for mastering where we we did a lot, some of the twin giant recordings at audio confusion. So which is like right up the road. But so that's we did it all ourselves, dude. This is all us. We did it ourselves.
0: I have found over the years that I much prefer albums that are all the band. If that band can self, can self edit. That, that's the one thing I'll, I'll, that's the one caveat I'll put in there. Cause it's, I, I, I like it when somebody does the album they want to do writes the songs they want to write There's, especially in a band situation when you've got people, because again, self editing is always a problem with some people.
1: With us, it was like, you know, there was no pressure. There was no time pressure. There were no dates. You know, we, we did it at our, you know, when we, we you know, were ready to do it. There was, like you said, there was no, you know, other than the equipment, there was no cost out of pocket. So we could take our fucking time and really get like certain sounds that we wanted, you know, and like, take it. It's not going to sound like the next Lamb of God album or something like that, or next Paul Bear, you know, it's going to have like, a little hang new- on,
0: let me give a quick hot take. I'm glad it won't sound like the next Lamb of God record because I don't like them.
1: But I'm just saying, you know, that type of production, we're not going to have that production. So
0: I don't like that production. It, but it it's loud. Like...
1: We, we got it mastered, you know, really nice. So it's got punch to it. You can hear everything. Like, you can hear every instrument. Nothing's buried. Even the bass, you can feel the bass and hear the bass. Like, it, we, we you know, we had to pat ourselves on the back on it. We were all happy with it.
0: Well, I'll I'll tell you, I really, I I mean, I can't wait to hear it, and I'm excited because I I always enjoyed your guitar playing and your writing in Twin Giant, so I'm looking forward to the next chapter
1: to see where you go. You'll like this one. There, Like I said, there's more solos on this for sure, at least more heartfelt. Well, you
0: know, the problem is I'm still disappointed that you don't have that three pickup SG anymore. (laughs) I was excited to hear that. I remember seeing the pictures on Facebook and going, oh, my God, that's got to sound like amazing and then I, it's it's kind of like how I found out on Facebook with a couple of friends they had gotten divorced two years ago. I, I feel I'm going through that again.
1: Well, to make you feel, I used about four guitars personally on this album. I, there were four I rotated through for different sounds. Like I, uh, they were handpicked for different reasons.
0: If you use less than five, what are you even doing?
1: I don't know. And I think I want to tell you, like I, my the main rhythm guitar was it was my chips. It's a in SG. Is Are you what I got serious? From yeah, it's a knockoff, and it sounds like God.
0: <laughs> okay, question: Have you have you pulled it apart and looked at it,
1: dude? I had to fucking do so. I got this guitar okay, for like just so you know. We're dogs. going
0: about another ten minutes longer now because I was trying to wind okay. this up, but you broke out the chips, and now we got to talk.
1: So I bought this chips in with the. I had a. I have a really close friend, old roommate from years ago, that swears by these things, and he has like seventeen.
0: Tell me, you paid no more than three hundred dollars.
1: So I paid two hundred fifty for mine, right?
0: Yes, okay, there we go. Fair enough.
1: So I paid two hundred fifty. It arrived, and of course, as you would imagine, there was shit that was fucked up all over the place about it. So well, I yeah. had to dump another five hundred into that thing to get it running.
0: Okay. Question: Was it like the kind of that, that packaging that we've all seen on the YouTube videos? Where it's like about eighteen inches of foam rubber, and then wrapped up by like three inches <laughs> yeah. of duct tape.
1: Exactly, exactly. Okay. It was exactly that.
0: Because they, you know, why they do that?
1: Fuck, I don't know.
0: Here, here, I'll tell you why. Because that way, you can't open it up in time for the mailman or the UPS guy. Because the <laughs> UPS guy's got to go. He his like legally or contractually or professionally, professionally speaking, he can only do like sixty seconds door to uh truck to door to truck. Yeah. So they wrap these things up crazy. So it takes you longer to open them up. So you can't tell them it's damaged.
1: <laughs> My mine, there was nothing wrong with it as far as like dings or cracks or anything like that. But you know, like I mean it like right away it's like, okay, the tuners have to go. Okay, the nuts shit. Oh fuck! The pickups are garbage. I knew the pickup was going to be garbage, and then I had to regut it. All the electronics, like all the guts, were just fucking bad. So
0: basically, you bought a body.
1: Yeah, exactly. You nailed okay. it. The face. but when it looks you, cool. You it, it looks cool as fuck, and it and it sounds beautiful, dude. Okay,
0: so you hang on, hang on, hang on. You gutted it. Is this solid wood? Is this pancake? Is this plywood? What is it,
1: dude? It's it's definitely not mahogany. <laughs> cause it's an SG, but but it sounds it's dude, it's one of the warmest sounding dude. It, I swear because I have now I have some fucking high end amps, dude. That's right, that's my saving grace. So I have a like my main go to is a JMP. It's a 792203 GMP. It's a hundred watt. And this thing sounds like the voice of God to that amp.
0: Yeah. Even, years even ago. my
1: real even my real sg's do not sound that good
0: okay. to that fucking years end. ago. Years ago years ago. Uh, do you remember MusicYo.com? MusicGo? Yo. MusicYo. Y O L. No. Like, okay. No. MusicYo.com was a website that sold Kramers. And they sold them at wholesale pricing. For $200, I bought a Kramer Striker
1: <laughs> that
0: had Floyd Rose Tremolo, F- Floyd, Floyd Rose licensed anyway, black hardware, like all black hardware. Which, you know, back in the 90s, that was like crazy money. Yeah, it was. It had uh, a black sparkle finish. It had uh, black pickups. The neck was maple, which is unfortunate because you have everything black and cool. Then you got this maple which does that. That was a poor choice.
1: I disagree with you. I love maple necks and my main guitar has a maple neck right now.
0: I like maple necks, but it wasn't good on this one. Okay. Because everything was black and shiny. Then you have the maple neck. But it had quad buckers in it. Have you ever heard the term quad bucker?
1: I've heard them. I don't know what the fuck they do.
0: Okay, nope. You're the first person who's actually heard the term. That's amazing. Uh, take two stack singles and wrap them together.
1: So they're really fucking noisy.
0: <laughs> no, they were quiet. They were. I were mean, they? They were, they were quiet. They, do you know how much hum got canceled when you got four in a row canceling? Each, I mean, you had four humbuckers canceling out four single. It's amazing how much hum is canceled. There's no, there's no noise at all. There's too much canceling going on, but it was too much. So I had to tap it because it, if you, if you had them both on, it was crazy, but I, I mean, can imagine. But I, that was 200 bucks and it, it sounded like God, but I played through a bass amp. I imagine if I played through a guitar amp at that time, it probably could have used off. I probably could have quadded it, but I was told by somebody who I tried to sell it to that it was made of plywood. I don't know if it's true. I never opened it up, but it sounded great.
1: Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't doubt this is some garbage wood they use. But like I said, it's it's warm, and it's got a ton of bottom in it. It's a a, like, again, it's one of my lightest guitars. So stage-wise, it's perfect. But right now, if
0: you think about it, how much do you think the wood really matters in a guitar?
1: I think it does. I don't know. For live? No, I don't think for live. But when you're recording, I think it does. Okay. Because
0: my thinking is there's so much electronics and so much processing and so much effects going but into
1: it. Th- that's on the guitar player. Me, I, I don't run any fucking distortion. Okay. I don't run any overdrive. It's the fucking tube and the pickup. That's, I, that's all it is. That's all that's creating the sound, the tube and the pickup. I have effects, but for my tone, tube pickup. That's all I want. And the tone. The guitar.
0: I have a distortion pedal going into a heavy metal distortion pedal going into a death metal distortion pedal. Going into a tube amp. Because if I don't do that, you can hear how terrible I am.
1: <laughs> see yeah I, I can't do that I, I i want you to hear that's the tone because of the you, you practice well, let's not get crazy, but yeah
0: <laughs> all right, let's I think it's about time to wrap this up. We've got a little bit long, which I'm okay because we brought up the chips in, and I always want to have that <laughs> conversation, which yeah. is. Awesome. But what else do we need to know about Masara? Album's coming out in let's see about a month from now as we as we record this. About two or three weeks after this publishes, uh, what are the the social links?
1: The social links. What we've the main is our Instagram. I mean, you just gotta just do a search for Masara Doom on Instagram or Masara and you'll okay. find us. So Instagram is the main social. Um, Facebook, obviously, um, we have a YouTube channel. And like I said, our band camp is where you're going to be able to find merch, you know, if you need to get any merch or, or get any direct downloads, they'll be off there. I, as far as the physical stuff, it's still being worked out right now. We'd like to, you know, we'd like to get lucky and somebody fucking like us and put it this out on vinyl because it will sound good on vinyl, but, you know, we're not financing it as a band at this point. We just we don't have the funds for it.
0: That, that's uh, one of the things I'm hearing more and more from people because I, you know, I, I think probably about 70% of the people that I talk to and bands that I talk to, I'll prefer to listen to music on vinyl, but I'll say the same thing. We can't afford to do it ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I, and I get that. Totally get that. Hopefully- guarantee you, it it will guarantee it will sound good on vinyl. I, like I should also scent.
0: mention we're doing this interview two weeks before the press campaign even starts. So, <laughs> <laughs> which makes it a little bit crazier, but that is everything I have for you tonight. Do you have anything else for us?
1: No, I really appreciate uh, you reaching out to us and at least giving us some, uh, you know, I guess, airtime, you know, some pub there.
0: I I am always happy to help out anybody whose music I enjoy or any kind of good stuff like that. I definitely appreciate you taking some time for me because I know this is probably ridiculous. But that's besides the point. Uh, Thank you, Nikos, for for joining us. This is the Glacially Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria.